to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hi, welcome again to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. Austin Ryan is always your host, brought to you by Worship Catalyst. And um, we got Ben Lunn in the house and Cami Ryan in the house. How's it going, you guys? Doing good. Good. I'm a, this is a great uh, do more with less kind of conversation here because we're talking about Easter. I know Easter's coming up here and it's time to plan Easter services. Maybe you've already kind of got yours dialed in, but we're going to help refine that for you today a little bit. And Easter planning, Ben, I know you've done a lot of Easter services in your life. Oh yeah. Don't you just love planning Easter services? I, I, I do and I don't. I mean, I do. But it definitely feels like a lot of a lot of work for a very specific audience almost. Yeah. Like it's just like a very it's a it's a niche time of year. Yeah. It really is. And the thing I think that makes it really difficult, honestly, is that it's just like Christmas in that everybody knows the story. You know, it's not like we can build in cliffhangers that much. We can't like, uh, oh, everybody stay till the end because we don't know what's gonna happen to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows whether they've ever been to church or not that, you know, this, this guy, Jesus apparently resurrected. So, um, so we've got to figure out how to, um, if people aren't on the edge of their seats with waiting for the end of the story, we need to at least keep them engaged and focused in other ways. And so, uh, Ben, you just talked about it. You talked about, uh, the, the niche audience, uh, Mm -hmm. that shows up on, uh, Easter. So who, who do you think is the Easter audience that we mostly have? Well, typically we call them Christers, right? The, <laughs> the, the Christmas Easter crowd. Yep. The big, the, the peak times of the year, the, the, the big Sundays, you know, I'd throw like Mother's Day to that mix as well. But, you know, it's, it's the, your once a month people, it's, you know, but you're getting everybody. Everybody wants to come and do, you know, church on Easter and check that, check that box and get it off their list. That's right. And I think the reason that there's so few people the week after Easter is because all the people that come like once a month and ever all come on one day. And then the next week they're like, "Woo, we're off the hook for another month or two before we have to come back. Right. Right. Totally. So anyway, we've got this audience that's sort of kind of connected to church, sort of kind of not all that kind of stuff. We'll talk a little bit more about that a bit later, but I think there's a few principles I think that would be good for us as we're planning our Easter service. And we've got uh, five key principles here. And these are good to kind of write down if you're driving, just kind of don't write them down, but try to remember these <laughs> as you, as you work on putting your, you know, your 60 minutes or your 80 minutes or whatever together for Easter. So, uh, Ben, why don't you kick us off with principle one? Yeah. Principle one is a little controversial, but I think, uh, with <laughs> centering everything around Jesus, right. The gospel mm, yes. is really controversial, but it's, it, it feels obvious to say, right. It feels like, of course, we're going to, preach the gospel. We're going to share Jesus with people, but, but I mean, really taking a look at how you're, you're planning the service, you know, typically we might really, you know, relegate the the gospel centered time to the message or the end of the sermon response time. But really, if you have an opportunity to, to craft your service from beginning to end every little piece and how are we from the song selection choices, man, how are these songs being utilized to point people towards Jesus? How are all my creative elements? How, like, what am I saying in between songs? Like how, mm-hmm. how is all of this leading towards that? And on top of that, at the end, I think just giving people a chance 
to respond to that. You know, I think we, we program so much or we think that it's such a program heavy weekend that we don't program for that response. We don't, we don't set apart that time for people to actually reflect upon the message of the gospel and then yeah. to respond to it. Yeah. I love that. And I love that. I love that there's opportunities other than just, I don't know if you come from a church that does like a quote unquote invitation or come forward or any of that kind of stuff. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but like there's so many other ways, right. For people to have a chance to respond, just give them like, I love that you just said a time to reflect on what we just learned, like build in moments like that. Love that, Ben. That's really good. Like even in the music, make sure like, you don't have to be an 18 minute click track. You know what I mean? Mm But yeah. create some space in there for people to think about what the songs they're singing, the words that you're highlighting, the the moments that you're creating. So it's really good. Love that. Exactly. That's good principle. Keep gospel center. Okay. Uh, Cammie, another principle? Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about is don't forget to have some tradition just built into your service. You know, a lot of these people that only show up a few times a year, they do have some type of faith background that they've come from. Mm. Um, and it may have been when they were a child but that still is what they remember and what they connect to. So we don't want to just throw everything traditional out the window. Yeah, that's good. Um, And so we want to specifically make sure that we reach those people by, you know, having, you know, maybe an old hymn that they sang at Easter or make sure that we have scripture or take the time, you know, at Christmas, a lot of times churches will do like an advent calendar wreath, kind of this expectancy leading up to Jesus's birth, you know, add some of those connection points where those people feel comfortable because we don't want to scare them off and they don't even recognize that they're at a church. (laughs) So we don't want to just throw all tradition out the window, but remember that, you know, some people really want to come in and feel those old feelings Mm. of this is my parents or my grandparents church. And this is what I remember and is comfortable to me because, you know, more than anything, we just want them to be invited, feel invited and like they're wanted there. And so I think that's important. That sounds counterintuitive to us in these days of, oh, don't make it look like church or feel like church or whatever. But you're saying, no, absolutely make it look like or feel like something that they recognize. So that's that's really interesting and a good principle. Yeah. And I, I would even add, you know, into that world, because I think about the context where I lead, where a lot of folks to them, or at least I think the hymns have a great place, but also like reflecting back in the last 20 years of of, you know, Christian worship music. I think, you know, don't shy away from incorporating something because I think I think we typically have the mindset that it's like, oh, only old people. So like hymns fall in that category, but also yeah. people still want some of those, you know, early 2000s, you know, kind of maybe Jesus paid it all kind of rocked out. But, you know, something else in those circles, the old Chris Tom and Matt Redmond songs, you know, I think. Are, are falling for a lot of us into that quote unquote traditional care category now, because our, my demographic is aging up into it. And so people still who are coming to church still like those kind of songs. Yeah. yeah so when you talk about tradition, what does that really mean? Does that mean Tom early? Does that t- mean Tomlin's third <laughs> early, album? Yeah. Early Tom, yeah. Second album. Yeah. <laughs> Passion, early 2000s, like, you know, exactly. all that stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's really good, man. Uh, I had a thought about that. The, um, I think another reason to add some of that in there, some of that older music or him or whatever is that you want people who come to church almost never when they do come to church on Easter, you want them to experience people around them actually worshiping God. 
And so like, it wouldn't be a time to necessarily have the brand new list of songs you want. Like, I love yeah. it because it's easier for the crowd to sing. Maybe, uh, let's see how far do we go back here? Uh, I don't know, like a good, good father or something. Yeah. Or, I don't know if that's a good one for Easter, but you know, some song that everybody knows, everybody sings loud when they sing it and stuff like that. Shine Jesus, the bar- shine. The barn, there you go. the barn burners is what we call them. The barn, <laughs> barn burner. <laughs> I call them, I call them cheater songs. Cause no matter what's going on, you throw in that song, everybody's going to start singing and worshiping right. God. Right. But that kind of leads me to the third principle, which is don't try to be too cutting edge. Yeah, it's good. You know, um, uh, far from God, people. <laughs> God, for real. I know this is hard to imagine, but far from God, people are not looking, looking for the best worship band in town or the best light show, or the greatest, newest worship song to come out of your church or whatever. They're there either because somebody drug them to church or because they feel like they need to do something religious. Like Ben said earlier, they're checking it off their list. Or a friend of mine used to say they're going for their spiritual car wash once a year. <laughs> they're, they're just hoping not to get struck by light. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, totally. So um, I know you want to feel cool and have the best clothes on and the best, you know, I'll go buy your new Easter shirt and all this kind of stuff, which is fine. And like, do, you know, break out the brand new lights on Easter and spend extra money to look cool and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, probably none of that's going to make any difference whatsoever. You know, I think Cammie mentioned earlier this idea of authenticity, just that be, be real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be who you are. And that authenticity is what's going to God's going to use to change their lives. So show them who you already are, you know, yeah. uh, don't go from a four person band to an eight person band that day, you know, uh, just because don't add tracks that you've never used before just for that day, you know, uh, or rent an led moving lights or an led wall behind you or whatever. Just be you, you know, be authentically who you are and do it really well. Like give them, make sure you have a good band practice and, and, and do a really good job. But, don't try to be over cutting edge or too cutting edge more than what you already are. So that's mm-hmm. what I would say on really principle number three or four, whatever that was. All right, Cammie, mm-hmm. uh, what's another one? Yeah, this leads right into this one is remember, um, because there are going to be far from God people in the audience that day that your, uh, language is so important. Um, you've got to remember because of those far from God people there, I mean, they're not, they're bringing in those new thought. They're listening. They're trying to take in everything that's happening. And if you're using like words that are exclusively churchy and things that they don't understand, it's just going to like go right past them and they're not going to be able to engage at all. Um, so make sure you explain everything. This is why we're doing this next. And this is why we're taking an offering. Um, and don't add a bunch of things and processes and things that are scary or weird or not, like you said, authentic to who you are, you know, just be real. They want to see real people. Um, And so make sure you're like going in there and just analyzing everything before you put it into the service and deciding, you know, is this prayer confusing? Are these words going to be too churchy? Are they cold? That's Um, good. Just have no meaning to it. And really think through why you're doing what you're doing. You know, if you need to make your service uh, just more simple that day <laughs> and not as many elements mm-hmm. so that people can, you know, not be turned off. I, I think that's important, you know? Yeah, I sure. think the, the other part about making it simple is that it gives you more time to explain why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know? That's really good. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Remember, there's probably fire from God people in the audience. So good. All right. Um, got any more, Ben? 
Another principle? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, one of the things that has been helpful is, you know, building, building backwards from like picking kind of that point there in the future of Easter Sunday and building backwards from there, kind of letting almost that be my spring, you know, early, you know, late winter, early spring kind of uh, build up because I think you're right. I think when it comes to, I don't want to overcomplicate or I don't want to uh, create this service. That's not nothing like the church that I serve in or something that's completely different. But if I, if I can challenge my team or challenge us to, to be creative, I want to give us time to do that. Like yeah, I want to right. give us scale to do that. And so it's not the week before or the month before we just start doing stuff. It's, Hey, like we have a goal in mind of on Easter, we want to be able to have a small choir or a small vocal team, or we want to be able to, you know, do this song like really well. And so we just build backwards from there. So, you know, I, I typically will figure out the songs I want to do for Easter. And if there might be, I would only, I usually pick like one new song or something that really like hits, hits the message home. And then I'll kind of, pace it back out. So I know that people are By the time we get to Easter, they like people are, they know it, they sing it. So Easter is not my introduction to that song, but it's the first time I'm putting it in the schedule. So, but I, but I'll put it, I'll put it backwards into the schedule, maybe two months ahead of time. Yeah. But I want to make sure that the things that we do on Easter feel, feel normal and familiar. So if I want to start, you know, building, you know, my lighting stuff out a little bit more, I start two months out or I, you know, and, and I work towards that. And I, and I want to make sure that, you know, script wise or videos and stuff like that, everything is like, okay. And, and this is just a planning thing for everybody else. So mm-hmm. it feels a little bit more natural so that like you're saying with the next week, Hey, it's, we're not taking the, 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 the lighting down. We're not taking this thing. It's not a new service. It's not like we're back to plain old Sunday, you know, <laughs> people um, show up I, the yeah. people show up the next week and it's like, wait a minute. This right. isn't anything I, close to what we experienced in like high church. The, the 40 days after Easter, it's called after that, it's called ordinary time. And I feel like that's like what the, <laughs> the other church calls it. It's just ordinary, ordinary time until yeah. Christmas. Then it's fun again. But like that's, that's, that's honestly like a lot of folks, you know, try to do all this stuff so quickly. And, you know, I'm not saying if you're not planning for Easter now, you're too late, but I think that it, if you want to start doing songs or, doing some of those things that, that pushes your team's creativity and allows you to create a new, a new lid or a new ceiling of what you guys feel comfortable doing. And again, I'm not saying like this, that's the first Sunday you try the new stuff, but you're allowing your creativity to show by, by, by budgeting for it in a sense or planning ahead for it. Yeah, that's good. One other thing I, in talking about thinking about far from God people in the service and is to make sure that they see us having fun. I think. You know, that's really important that they just see that we're real people and that while, yes, we're talking about our God and that's serious and and we want people to take him seriously. They also need to see that we don't take each other that seriously sometimes. Uh, that's that good. We're just real yeah. people having fun and, yeah. and doing our thing. And we're flawed, just like the people that walk in the door. We just have an answer, you know, to our problems that maybe they haven't they haven't found yet. Wow. That's a great principle in and of itself. Make Easter have some fun in it, you know, so it's not just all serious. What's what they expect probably out of church. So that's good. Dean. Make it something we want to come back to. Yeah. All right. Those are good principles, guys. Um, gospel central to everything we do. Have some tradition built in. Don't try to be too cutting edge. Remember that there's probably far from God people in the audience. So language is important. Make sure it's a good time and building backwards from Easter. 
uh, with your stage, your content, your songs, your video work, all that kind of stuff. So good stuff. So what we want to do is spend the rest of our time talking about some things that we have done in the past and currently uh, as a part of Easter services. Okay. These are just to give you some ideas. These are not prescriptive in any way. We're just going to chat about some things that we've done in the past. And um, the first three or four that we want to talk about are really based on this strategy that we that Cammie and I took on for a while. We've planned Easter services for, um, uh, you know, what, 25, 30 years. A long time. Yeah. And for a while, for a season we went through, we wanted to share the gospel visually. And we started our planning by asking the question, if someone couldn't hear the gospel, like they quit listening or they couldn't hear, we want to show them the gospel. And so... Cammy, uh, now, and I'll, now I want to listen to, we talked about not being too cutting edge. We're not talking about cutting edge stuff here at all. We're talking yeah. about visual representations of the gospel. And so that's what we're talking about. So Cammy, what's uh, one of those that we have done in the past? Yeah. So the one that comes to my mind is this bridge sketch that we, that we developed. And it kind of came from that idea of, you know, when you're drawing the little image on a piece of paper and you take out a piece of paper and you're trying to show someone that does not have a relationship with Christ, then like God's on one side of this, you know, ravine and, and you're on the other. And how do you make your way to him? And how does that look? And so we basically did a live depiction of that and built a bridge across the stage um, and then had some characters basically tell their story of kind of what was preventing them from being able to take that step of faith. And just showed that, you know, visually in a real simple way with a bridge across the stage. And then they, you know, share their stories and they weren't necessarily, you know, those were characters and we wrote the scripts, but they were taken from real life stories from people in our church. Right. It wasn't far fetched things. It was, you know, people dealing with addiction or people dealing with, you know, a hurt relationship in the past. And so they're not sure God would accept them. Just things that we feel like we were dealing with. And still are dealing with every day with people around us, you know? Yeah. And I remember on that particular thing where um, when we pulled that bridge across to the other side and we put that cross beam or that straight up beam there to make the cross. And then people started walking across like while we sang some song. I don't know what it was. I remember, man, there was very few dry eyes and tons of applause, like standing ovation for people, you know, coming over to Jesus. Definitely. That was awesome. Okay. Um, another one I remember is this, we built this rain wall on stage and I know that's kind of <laughs> weird. We actually got the idea from a, from Taylor Swift singing in the Oscar, the Oscars one year, or not the Oscars. What do you call it when they, the, uh, Grammys, the Grammys one year, she, uh, was on there and she, <laughs> she started singing in this rain wall. She was just getting soaked while she sang some song. I don't remember what the song was, but we were just like, that is so amazing. How can we use that in church someday? You know? And we just kind of had it in the back of our minds. We talked about it for a while. And then we were like thinking, okay, how does this work? And the idea is, was that we wanted to make it feel like when uh, you were washed clean by the blood of Jesus, right? And so we actually had our pastor uh, preaching um, about the darkness that like Friday, Jesus died. And then Saturday, it was dark and all this. And... um. 
it just felt like it was raining. In fact, I think we used a Creed song, Rain, that day. This is old. This is a while back. We had a Creed song in the service, but it was old then. Okay. So it wasn't that. Yeah, it was. It's just our pastor really loved Creed more than, you know, anything else. So don't you love Creed, Ben? You're like, it's that butt rock. You love that butt oh, rock yeah, stuff, still, right? Still love it. <laughs> Scott Stapp is still making great music, guys. Go check it out. Jesus is a rock star, man. That's like one of his best. <laughs> But anyway, um, this rain wall was just raining. And when I say a rain wall, I mean like it was PVC pipe uh, that we built with a trough below where water was just recycling and it was literally raining out of these little holes. And it was probably 16 feet long or whatever it was across the stage. And it just rained throughout the music. It rained throughout the first parties talking about Friday. And it just feels like it rains in your life sometimes, you know, and just things won't stop and you're physical and you're emotional and all this kind of stuff. And and then he stepped into the water and the water's coming over him. And he said, and then Sunday came and we changed the color of the lighting and we turned off the rain. And he said, and when Jesus came, it stopped raining. And then we, he talked about how that can be the case for your life too, that, mm. you know, that all of that stuff, like it's not going to all stop. But the way that it feels on you can be different because you have Jesus in your life walking with you through that. And he's, you know, he's covered over your sin and he's given you life and hope and all those kinds of things. So that's one thing we did that was pretty cool. If you need to know how to build a rain wall, uh, just reach out uh, to the reach out in the notes there on the podcast. Uh, we will get you in touch with the guy that knows how to build rain walls for super cheap. Okay. So we didn't have a budget for this, by the way. We probably built the whole thing for less than $100. So. Anyway. Okay. What else? Um, oh, I remember another one. We had uh, these note card. We've done placards and note cards. You've probably seen this a lot. Uh, the placards were on a video. I think note cards were live in person where, or vi vice versa. The placards were live in the note cards where somebody's just like flipping over note card after note card after note card telling their life story. You know, you've probably seen that. So that was something we did. And also live on stage where like one side, and this is all combined with music, especially the placard thing. I think, I don't remember what song it was, but people would walk out and they'd have a placard that said, you know, addicted to math or, you know, um, seven miscarriages or whatever it was. And then at some point, one by one, they would turn their big poster board over and it would say, you know, healed or, you know, not addicted anymore or whatever it might be, you know? So anyway, just any visual representation like that. And, and these were real people with real stories, you know, that we tried one time. That's good. And I, I think along with that is, you know, don't forget to do tons of testimonies. You know, this is a good day. People yeah. are looking around. They want to see what their, their neighbors and their friends and family, like, are these, are these stories for real? Are these people for real? So if they can get someone up there on the stage, if you can get someone up there on the stage, that's not the pastor, the worship leader, or the children's minister, just the people sitting next to them in the pew, get up and, and are giving testimony to their stories. And, you know, maybe interview some people in your service, you know, how, how has Jesus been real to you yeah, in this so life? Good. What's happened in your life? And how did you get through that um, really difficult time this year? You know, whatever the case may be, but just simple things like that make a huge impact on people. Mm -hmm. So um, don't forget to use those. Yeah. And especially us as leaders, guys, we need to understand that somebody else's life's change story that's not a pastor 
is mm-hmm. probably going to be more powerful than our own stories Definitely. as pastors, you know? So that's good. Yeah. Ben, you want to jump into this? Anything you want to? Yeah. Yeah. We, last year we did something kind of fun where we had, um, a, uh, kind of a, in the middle of a song, like, uh, it was, the song was you keep hope alive. And at the, the low point, you know, of the, of the song, like right uh, before the bridge was starting, we, we interjected this video of, uh, video, not even like testimonies, but it was people from the, from the church in the congregation that were, that just kind of said this phrase, because Jesus is alive, you know, I have hope or I have peace. I've eternal, you know, I've got, you know, my family's restored my, you know, my, my relationship with my wife is, you know, so people just, it was like this 90 second, maybe like little piece where we kind of played behind and built. Yeah, love it. It was just a really, you know, it was a really epic moment because, you know, that next thing we were singing was all these times where Jesus, you know, hope mm-hmm. in the morning, hope in the evening, we were yes. singing that and it added so much value to it because people put these things together, right? They get to put together and because Jesus is alive, I can have hope in where I'm going through. And so that connects a lot of different points to people in the, in the congregation who are Love there that. that day who, who need that, you know? And so, um, I think, I think trying to find those, those places where we can try to, you know, cross over media and stuff like that. Oh yeah. No and, doubt. And use that in a way, mm-hmm. you know, something, uh, something else. And I don't, I don't even know where this might fit, but we talked, we talked a little bit about, you know, how, how can we try to get people maybe to come back or be more interested in stuff like that without mm-hmm. adding something and, you know, thinking that's going to be the attractional element to it. But one of the things we started doing a couple years ago was, trying to start something on Easter, like not, not invite them back to an Easter, a thing post Easter, but Easter Sunday being like the thing that we start like, like week one of a series or something. Hey, we, yeah. We're a week one of this That's series good. and we're talking about blank. And so next week come back for, you know, it is a part two and we want them to come back, but, we, but I think giving some, you know, it, it kind of toes that line again of, of, you know, we still have that traditional Jesus message that we can give and, and have that, but it's also, you know, Hey, we're, we're starting something today. So come back and be a part of the next thing. Um, that's, we've seen a, a lot of people, you know, kind of perk up and be a little more interested when there's something to come back to. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I think the thing like overall that I'm hearing in all these things, I love it. I love the principles we talked about and those things, uh, Ben, that you're adding there and Cami. And here's the deal. What I'm hearing overall is be yourself, be creative. That's the thing, man. Like be authentically who you are, but also be creative. And the other thing I'm hearing over and over again is tell people stories of how Jesus changed their lives. You know, mm-hmm. so important. And, uh, and then also think about the audience, uh, more than ever that, because it's going to be different than your normal Sunday audience. It just is. So, and that's a good thing. So just focus on that and, and make sure that you're connecting with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, guys, anything else? That's it. Okay. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening again to the worship leader essentials podcast. As always, um, I want to just say, um, you know, hit subscribe, write a comment on there about how this is helping and we'll be back next Tuesday. And then one last thing is make sure you, uh, follow us on social media at worship catalyst. And we have, uh, some, uh, some videos that drop every Thursday, uh, on Instagram and Facebook about worship and how there's short little one or two minute videos about how we can learn more from the Bible about what worship actually is. So anyway, hope you connect with us on that as well. And we will see you next time. Have a great week. Bye.